Well, I'm excited to share another chapter from the book I'm writing this year. And this chapter is about investing in yourself. You know, this uh, life journey that we're all on is uh, incredibly long. It's a marathon, not a race. So I want to share some advice and some strategies to help you avoid burnout along the way. and this is Invincible Life. So I'm just going to read a little bit from this chapter, um, share it with you. If you're interested in reading more from this book, I've shared other chapters. This is like chapter 11. You can go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. That's .me. And subscribe to this newsletter, and I do share the written version of the chapters. And I'm going to be giving um, a little bit of bonus to the the folks who are subscribed when the book does come out, and give some people free copies of the book and reduced prices later, and all kinds of good stuff. So be good to subscribe. Go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. So let me go ahead and just get started. Um, many years ago my appendix almost burst at work. I still remember that Thursday when I knew something was wrong. I had been feeling increasingly worse as my afternoon in the office dragged on. But like a good little trooper, I tried to push through it. Walking down the hall into my last meeting of the day was excruciating. I mean, every step hurt, you know, it was jostling my body. <laughs> yeah, I got to the meeting room and I carefully eased myself down into a chair as pain shot through my abdomen. And I felt a cold sweat break out of my forehead. A colleague, thank you, John, noticed my behavior and said, you don't look so good. You okay? I brushed it off. I'm, I'm fine. It'll be okay. I can go home after this meeting. And it was a late meeting. I think the meeting started at five or six. I don't remember. It was unfortunately pretty typical for that job. And he frowned at me and he said, no, something's wrong. You should go home now. Your face is literally green. And I did feel pretty bad. So grudgingly, I agreed that maybe <laughs> I should wrap it up for the day. So I slowly made my way downstairs and out to my car in the parking lot. With one arm pressed tight against my stomach to control the pain, I carefully drove myself home. And it was a unpleasant road. If you're familiar with Highway 17 that goes south of... Los Gatos, California, on the way to Santa Cruz. It is a pretty intense, winding mountain road. My wife could immediately tell that something was wrong and wanted to take me to the ER. I resisted. I didn't want to spend the money on an emergency room, but the pain was getting worse. 
I still didn't want to make a big deal out of it, so she drove me to an urgent care center instead. They performed a few tests and said it seemed like I had a case of acute appendicitis. So they referred me to a nearby hospital for emergency surgery. Oh, joy. The rest is a bit of a blur. I mean, I remember lying on a gurney under a sheet in a dark hallway. And I was waiting for the surgeon and for people to take me into the operating room. By that time, it was pretty late. I mean, it was, I don't remember, 11 o'clock, getting close to midnight. And the anesthesiologist had left for the evening. He was already gone. So they had to call him back to the hospital to assist with the surgery. I heard him coming down the hallway, cursing up a storm and throwing a clipboard against the wall before he noticed I was there on the table. And he grumbled, damn Silicon Valley types. Why do they always wait until the last minute before coming in? He was, he was pretty upset. And let's just say this didn't put my mind at ease. (laughs) I'm like, great. My anesthesiologist is totally upset with me. This is not going to go well. So I had the surgery, I think around midnight, and then I went into recovery, which was a very surreal experience, by the way. I remember waking up in this dark room, you know, lying on the gurney and there was like one desk light on one desk in the middle of the room. It was just the most bizarre experience. So I went into recovery and I don't, I don't know what time it was, but they discharged me the next morning and my, my wife and children came to pick me up. So that'd been Thursday evening. So I took Friday off to rest at home on the couch. I had ice packs on my stomach, you know, just watching some, some TV over the weekend. However, I was afraid to miss too much work. I went back into the office on Monday morning. And I was hobbling around. It took me forever (laughs) to painfully lower myself in the chairs. I mean, it hurt so much. Uh, So I had to really ease myself down into the chairs. I didn't want to go around too often, but I had to go to meetings and stuff. And I remember that one of my employees who sat next to me in the cube right next to me was horrified. I mean, she was horrified that I felt like I couldn't take time off from work. And it sounds ridiculous now. It sounds crazy that I did this, but I was so focused on my career that I didn't want to risk being away because the tech industry can be pretty ruthless. Someone is always waiting for you to falter or fail so they can seize the opportunity. And I know maybe... Maybe that sounds paranoid. You know, the Joseph Heller quote, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you. Life does change. As you move from being an individual contributor and a more junior person, I mean, it wasn't like this when I was a junior designer, when I was earlier in my career, but it gets pretty competitive as you climb into management and leadership. It becomes very political. If you're not familiar with this type of corporate environment, let me share one example. 
I was in an all hands meeting for one company when the CEO bragged to the thousands of employees in the audience that she had swooped in while her boss was on vacation and stole his job. He was on vacation and so she made a maneuver and got him fired, stole his job. And she was quite proud of this. She was proud of this ruthless political maneuver, laughing about it. I, I was horrified. I was like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure some of the people in the audience think that's great. Good for you. I just was horrified. These stories are more common than you might think. Researchers estimate that somewhere between 4 to 12% of CEOs exhibit psychopathic traits. Unfortunately, people with psychopathic tendencies are slightly more likely to become leaders. And they create corporate cultures that encourage cutthroat behavior. I work with numerous people as a career coach and a leadership coach who share confidentially examples of the behavior. It's unbelievable. You can picture some of the top tech companies in the world and I can tell you the behavior inside some of these companies and some of these private meetings with senior leaders. It's pretty atrocious the way they treat each other. So maybe my actions make a little more sense now that you know that story. I'm not the only one who has sacrificed health and happiness and family to focus on a career. Many of us risk burnout to exceed expectations, right? Got to exceed expectations on your performance review. So you can keep climbing that corporate ladder. But that still doesn't make you right. It's a slippery slope and a dangerous trap to fall into. What's the point of success if you lose your health to achieve it? Reaching a goal won't matter much if you die before you can enjoy it. And I have witnessed colleagues people I know in the industry dying, dying at work, dying on the way home from work because of what they've done to their health to climb to the top. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Don't make the mistakes some of my friends have. I mean, yeah, I will encourage you to be ambitious. I will encourage you to strategically pursue your goals so you can eventually live the life of your dreams. But, you know, balance is necessary. You need to enjoy the journey, not just the destination. What happens if you don't reach the destination? Enjoy the journey. And to ensure that happens, you must take care of yourself along the way. Each and every day. I want to talk about preventing burnout. I mean, one thing I do, I, I love camping and I enjoy hot springs. And I shared a, 
photo of that um, in the newsletter associated with this book chapter. If you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me, this is book chapter Investing in Yourself, issue 10, I believe. So I shared you know, a photo of a beautiful hot springs. We have a few that aren't too far away from where we live. We've also enjoyed hot springs on road trips as we've gone through Nevada and Utah and Colorado and places like that. Sometimes I just relax. I just let my mind wander and I enjoy the scenery. Sometimes I read a book while I'm soaking, especially if it's like taking a hot bath at home, you know, which sometimes I have time to do. (laughs) And if that sounds like an unproductive waste of time, you'd be wrong. I used to think that too. Years ago, I'd feel guilty when I took a break for some self-care. I thought I should always be on and working, working, working. But I was burning out. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't eating well. I know I wasn't getting enough sleep. Eventually, it all catches up with you. Even if you don't burn out, you're not your most creative or productive, even if you think nothing is wrong. I discovered this myself. I mean, I did reach the point of burning out. My health was terrible. So I forced myself to change my habits and make time for me. I started treating my physical, mental, and emotional, quote, machine (laughs) better. Just as I did with my vehicles and my tools and my home. Everything requires preventative maintenance so that it performs its best and it doesn't break down. Right? Why should your mind and body be any different? So you need to make time for you. I want to challenge you, dear listener... This is a challenge for you. Schedule dedicated time for self-care. Maybe a little every day. It doesn't necessarily have to be every day, but it should be at least once a week. Do you already do this? I mean, if you do, congrats. You're a step ahead of many people. But if you don't, and most people don't, I can hear you protesting maybe silently in your head. You're too busy to take time off. You feel guilty about making time to read or listen to podcasts or exercise or meditate. What if I told you that the time you invest in yourself would more than pay for itself? That it has a positive ROI, return on that investment. The benefits you will experience are worth it, and they are just personal. I've experienced professional benefits from my self-care routines, as crazy as that sounds. You still don't believe me? I get it. I'm, I'm a skeptic, too. I was a skeptic. So let me share how my self-care investments have a positive return on that investment. For example... I now make time to exercise almost every day. Some of you are probably tired of hearing about that, but I'm going to keep talking about it. 
my weekly commitment to working out probably takes, it probably takes about six to 10 hours a week. And that sounds like a crazy amount of time, doesn't it? 10 hours, 10 hours every week. Past me, the old me, would hate giving up 10 hours that could be used for work. But I started doing it about, well, more than 12 years ago. It's probably been, let me think. It's probably been more like 14 years ago. Before it became a daily habit, I was overweight and tired all the time. I mean, all the time. I needed multiple cups of coffee throughout the day just to keep my energy levels up. I'd come home late from work, eat dinner, and we'd try to watch a show on the couch after the kids went to sleep, but I'd fall asleep. I rarely had the energy to stay up and work on anything. But that all changed with a consistent exercise plan. I mean, now, I'm in my 50s now. I, I no longer feel tired in the evenings. And I wake up early too. I usually wake up around 6 a.m. Just naturally. I don't have an afternoon slump with low creativity, creativity <laughs> and no energy. That 10 hours a week that I invest in exercise gives me at least 20 plus hours more time in productive, creative energy. I can get more done in one hour than I used to get done in three. And it boosts my mood too. I haven't even mentioned that it improved my health, probably saved my life, <laughs> you know, that little benefit. But going back to that hot springs, the hot bath, I mean, how could that have a positive ROI? Well, I've discovered that I always have wild, creative, and new ideas when I take hot baths or showers. And I linked some research about this. If you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me, I'm not the only one. A lot of people get creative ideas when they're taking a shower. Plus, as I said, I often read books that are useful for my professional development, which I never seem to find the time for unless I'm alone like that. You know, I have nothing else to do. Sitting in the water, I'm not going to work on my laptop. Better not. And I come away from those moments of relaxation with more knowledge and new ideas every time. Every single time. That investment of time pays for itself in making me a little smarter and a lot more effective. So don't feel guilty. It's time for you to stop feeling guilty about taking care of yourself. None of us are immortal. Well, if you are, let me know. I'd love to hear your secrets. So invest in your health in all forms to avoid burning out and to be more effective in all aspects of your life. You'll reduce your anxiety and stress. That's a great thing. You'll feel happier and more positive. You'll have more energy. You'll become more creative. You'll actually be more productive later. You'll become healthier. And this is really important. You'll be better at keeping things in perspective. I know it sounds kind of funny, but if you work a little less and play a little more, 
you'll actually get more impactful work done later. Life is a long journey. And the road to success is a long and bumpy journey. (laughs) Boy, is it. Actually, I should restate that. It's not a road to success. It's the road of success. Because there is no final success destination you can reach and declare that you've crossed the finish line. When people say that life is a marathon, not a sprint, they're only partly correct. Marathons still have a finish line. There's a line you cross and then you rest and recover from the marathon. Your life does not. Well, we won't talk about the ultimate finish line. But there will never be some obvious break during your life when you can relax and say, "Woo, okay, now I can take a breather. And no one else is going to remind you that you need a break either. You need to take care of you. And that's the point of this chapter. I'm going to be the one to remind you that you have to invest in yourself and nurture your well-being on this long, lifelong journey. Also, I'm going to ask you to forget about the strategy of working yourself to death and then trying to squeeze in rest and recovery with a few days of annual vacation for, or you call it holiday, as my European friends call it. A couple of days of annual vacation aren't going to cut it. That's a losing strategy for your long-term health and wellness. It doesn't work. Never worked for me. Probably doesn't work for you. Do you really feel like you're completely ready to go back to work after a two-week vacation? So I want to build on the recommendations that I had in chapter 10 that was all about creating habits. If you haven't read chapter 10, you can check that out. But these habits are about investing in you as that wonderful, quote, biological machine that carries your beautiful mind around every day as it works and plays and dreams My realization of the importance of this personal investment almost came too late for me. Almost. I think I was early 40s. I was on the fast track to premature death. I was. Luckily, I guess, a health scare woke me up. And I changed my lifestyle habits forever. If you're like me, some of my recommendations in this chapter may seem selfish. If you haven't embraced this modern concept of self-care, the thought of doing it may make you feel a little guilty. Who has time for this? Well, you'd better make time for it. If you lose your health, nothing else matters. If you lose your life, your dreams will die with you. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just being realistic. Your physical body is the vehicle that makes the rest of all this possible. So take care of it. Just like you take your vehicle to a mechanic for regular maintenance and services. You wouldn't want your car to break down on a long road trip, right? Well, you don't want to break down on this long road trip of life either. You have to pay yourself first. 
I talk about this a lot. Make time for yourself and what you need. You should allocate the precious time on your calendar for yourself first. Not your boss, not your coworkers, not some stranger who wants to pick your brain. We all get a lot of that. Schedule recurring appointments to block off time on your calendar for what matters most to you. For example, allocate time for the daily habits that maintain your health and wellness. And that could be the morning journaling, taking a walk, exercise, meditation, whatever it is. I talked a little bit about that in the habits chapter. Before I used this calendar strategy, my job would consume my entire workday, Monday through Friday, and sometimes the weekends too. The things that personally mattered to me got pushed aside and never seemed to happen. This went on for decades. I didn't work out, you know, things that were important. I wanted to write a book. Nope. Starting a podcast took forever. Time with my family got pushed aside. So pay yourself first by dedicating daily time to your health, wellness, and relationships. Don't let work fully consume you. And I know this might be hard to accept, but jobs come and go. Tell me jobs I've had in my career. <laughs> if you can call it a career. I've had so many jobs. There's always another job. Heck, careers come and go too. I've changed careers a lot. I've pivoted my career and changed professions about every 10 years. It isn't about a 40, 50 year career in one profession anymore. I mean, even if it feels like it now, nothing is forever and no job is more important than your well-being. No job is more important than you. And of course, I'm not saying that you should shirk responsibility at work. I'm also not saying that you should be completely selfish and not take care of your loved ones. I'm not saying it's all me, me, me. But you can't do your best work if you're not at your best. You can't help others if you don't help yourself first. Pay yourself first. Or kind of a hokey thing that you've heard, put on your oxygen mask first. Yeah. It's really hard to help someone else if... You pass out. But pay yourself first and then you can dedicate yourself to other people and other tasks like stuff for work. And that's why I recommend that you define and live your invincible mornings every day. And I had that in chapter 10. Start your day with, with what you need to be happy and whole and then move on to focus on your work for the day. So you need to take care of your Vehicle, as I was referring to your physical body, your mind and body make everything possible in your life. It's the vehicle that carries you forward day after day. I have a quote from Billy Noonan. If I had known I was going to live so long, I'd have taken better care of myself. I think a lot of other people have said that since, but it was originally from Billy Noonan. Without your health, you will struggle to succeed. I sacrificed my health for years. It caught up with me. And my life and career both suffered as a result. It wasn't just putting my life on the back burner. It hurt my career too. If you break down, it all breaks down. And you won't achieve your goals. If you break down, you won't achieve your goals. 
whatever recharges your batteries and refuels your energy, do it often. Don't wait until you're completely drained and stalled on the side of the road. I don't know if you're enjoying this vehicle metaphor, but I can picture it in my head. In career-focused cultures, we act like we can work like crazy for 90% of the year and then take a two-week vacation to rest and recover. We push ourselves to the brink of failure before we stop for a breather. Or we stumble right into the pit of burnout, quit our job or we get fired, and require months to recover and jump back into the arms of our next employer. There is a better way. There is a better way. Invest in yourself a little every day and you'll stay at the top of your game. You won't need drastic life-saving measures if you're monitoring and nurturing the ebb and flow of your energy. Your continued health, wellness, and well-being are worth the time commitment it takes to create and follow daily habits to maintain them. So one way to do that is to invest in your health. And if you don't have your health, you have nothing. Nothing else will seem to matter. Uh, Discovered this recently. Despite being vaccinated, boosted, and taking precautions, my luck with COVID ran out a few weeks ago. I mean, my family escaped it for the past two and a half years. You know, we did the stuff you're supposed to do. And uh, we didn't get it for two and a half years. But it finally caught us. And four of us caught COVID. And we were miserable for weeks. We're only now feeling okay. Still have some fatigue. But believe me, it's pretty unpleasant, even if you're vaccinated. And I don't know how you feel about vaccinations and masks. This isn't meant to be political. Why is health political? I don't know. Believe what you want to believe. But I can tell you I've experienced what it's like to be vaccinated and catch it. And I also know what it's like for people who are unvaccinated to catch it. One of my friends died. One of my friends was in a coma. I wasn't in a coma. I felt horrible, but I wasn't in a coma. And I didn't require therapy to learn how to walk again and talk again, which unfortunately he did. I mean, it's five times worse than the worst flu or cold I've had in my entire life. It really really was. I was like, what the heck? And being so sick also impacted my productivity in a big way. I'm self-employed. This isn't good, right? I struggled to write. I was struggling to get any work done. I was still trying to take some calls with clients. That was not fun for them or me. Now, can you imagine feeling that terrible all the time? I mean, for me, it was only a couple of weeks. I wouldn't wish that experience on anyone, yet I do remember coworkers who seem to be sick constantly. It's like, how do you have a cold or flu every other week for years? But they weren't taking care of their health, and they kept trying to push through it. Come to the office. Thank you for sharing your illness. (laughs) They were popping tons of over-the-counter medication to keep going, you know, decongestants and painkillers. I don't care how important work is or how productive you want to be. You'll sacrifice all of it if you lose your health. So to ensure that you keep yourself in tip top shape, focus on, you know, one, eating a healthy diet. And I've linked some of this in the book. 
It's in this book chapter. If you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me, you can check out these links. I linked to some additional information, but I think we all know what it means by now to eat a healthy diet. I think we know when we are, and I think we, we know when we're not. You should avoid smoking or quit smoking if you do. Alcohol, you know, we know we should drink in moderation. Some recent research says maybe we shouldn't drink at all. I can't keep up with it. But we know a lot isn't good. Getting a good night's sleep as consistently as possible is important. You know, most of us are at the age we need about seven or more hours. Reducing stress in your life as much as possible. Stress is a killer. I linked an article I wrote about that. Taking reasonable safety precautions, right? Wearing a seatbelt in your car, it's kind of a no-brainer. Wearing a helmet if you ride a motorcycle or ride a bike. I have some friends that are really glad they wore a helmet and didn't get a massive concussion when they got hit. Sunscreen, skin cancer is a real issue. You know, appropriate vaccinations. I'm not super vaccinate every single thing because sometimes it's overkill. But I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't get vaccinated. How many of you would like to have polio? I know someone who had polio. Vaccines are good. Um, scheduling regular physical checkups, dental appointments, eye exams. I just had a dental appointment yesterday and I've been guilty of putting these off. I get busy. I don't have time for this, but it's important. They catch things early. And then probably most important, just have a conversation with your personal physician, whoever you see about what being healthy means for you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your health is like, but talk with your physician about it. I do know that if you want to take your health and physical capabilities to the next level, you got to make time for daily exercise. I'm a huge fan. You got to invest in your fitness, whatever that means. You know, 14 years ago, I, like I said, I was overweight. I was in poor health. I was heading for an early grave. But I wanted to see my children grow up. I wanted to play with my grandchildren someday. So I made a New Year's resolution to get healthy and it actually stuck. I've been working out pretty much every day for 14 years. And that's huge for me because, like I said, the first 40 years of my life, I wasn't. You know, I started with an evening walk. And I wrote a lot about that, about the power of daily walks, how amazing that is for your health, but also your creativity. And I'm going to rush the little bit of the rest of this because we're running out of time for the podcast. But I talked about this before. More details are in the chapter if you want to go read it. But yeah, it, it kind of went from there. It went from walking to jogging to doing CrossFit. And we got serious about trail running, did some tough mutters. I lost over 40 pounds. <laughs> That's, I guess I was overweight. I lost over 40 pounds. And now... I lift weights every morning. We usually go for about a two mile walk and a two to three mile run every afternoon. We do like a six mile run on the trails in the forest, which I love on the weekends. So I'm lifting weights and running, walking every day. And I'm in my fifties and I'm in the best shape of my life. Seriously. I'm in better shape now than I was in my twenties, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I've shared some links to some apps and services that can help you with this fitness journey and some online coaching. There's some cool stuff out there now. 
Um, you should invest in your wellness and that goes beyond physical health. If you've ever experienced depression or anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. So again, I've shared some information and links about ways to meditate and tools for meditation, gratitude exercises, the power of journaling, you know, finding good therapy and counseling if you need it, support groups, community, like my invincible career community. And I am thinking about creating a community for all of you. So if you listen to the Invincible Life podcast, if you're an Invincible Life newsletter subscriber, I want to create a community for all of us to get together and talk and share strategies for having better lives, living our best lives. And that encompasses a lot of things. So if you're interested, stay tuned. I'd love to invite you to it. Um, I have a section where I talked about treating yourself and that is taking care of yourself, getting rid of that negative self-talk, dating yourself, if you want to read what I mean by that, uh, investing in your relationships, how important that is. There's some good research into longevity and talks about having lifelong friends, good friends, and how much that can help you live longer. How important it is to have a good life partner whoever that is for you. And I wrote an entire article, three-part article about the lessons I've learned from 30 years of marriage, now over 31 years of marriage. And then finally, investing in your personal development. So it's a little bit different. This is, it's a different kind of self-care, but it's continuing to learn and advance yourself and acquire new skills and knowledge and broaden your mind. It's good stuff. And one of the nice benefits from investing in your personal development is what it will do for your confidence. Wow. Confidence is so important. It's so important that I'm writing an entire chapter on confidence. And that's what I'm going to talk about next time. So if you're interested in reading more from my book and reading this next chapter on confidence, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to my newsletter at newsletter.invinciblelife.me. As I said, I can't begin to read all of it. I run out of time. Uh, but if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can go read it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope there was something in here that will help you take better care for yourself and invest in yourself. If you have the time, just take a couple minutes. You can leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever player it is you use. I'd really appreciate that. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with pursuing the life of your dreams so you can be happier, healthier, and more fulfilled.